Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. This episode features Mervyn Sunbow. This is the day when God's people need to cry out to him, just as David did in Psalm 61, 1-4. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. There is something within the human heart of man that seeks solace and refuge when besieged with circumstances that go beyond his ability to cope or to manage them. It is a time, as we read in Luke 21, 26, when men's hearts are failing them for fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. The physical strength of man is always small in comparison to the formidable enemies that confront him. We have learned, however, that God is greater than any enemy that can come against his people. 1 John 4.4 declares, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It is a matter of placing our confidence and trust in God's loving care and protection rather than in our own efforts and resources. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Or another another way of putting that would be, No weapon that comes against you will succeed. The enemy or weapon today is invisible, but is a pestilence that sweeps across the earth in the form of a deadly virus. Nevertheless, the psalmist encourages us in Psalm 46.1, as we have already heard this morning, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. You will remember that after 430 years of captivity in Egypt, Israel began to cry out to God for deliverance. We read the account in Exodus 2, 23-25. Now it happened that in process of time, that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of their bondage. They cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Notice that God heard their groaning, that he looked upon them, 
and that he acknowledged them or he saw the plight that they were in. God always responds to the sincere cries of his people. Deliverance was on its way for Israel because they had reached beyond themselves to the rock that was higher and stronger than they were, to a refuge from the oppressor, to the secret place of the Most High, to an abiding place where their present circumstances would be alleviated. God heard their cry and he put in place a series of events that no Pharaoh in all the earth could thwart. A Sunday or two ago, at an online meeting, we heard a prophecy that said, it is an hour to aggressively cry out to God. That was spoken under the anointing, and we need to pay heed to the voice of the Lord through prophetic utterance. Indeed, it is a time of great uncertainty and anxiety. But we are not left alone. For Jesus said in John 14:18, I will not leave you, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I'm reminded of the song We Have an Anchor penned by Priscilla Owens many, many years ago. And the chorus reads, We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Indeed, we have an anchor. We are anchored in the rock, Christ Jesus. A few few moments ago, I read a, I referred to to Israel crying out to God because of their bondage in Egypt. And in response to their collective intercessory prayers, God heard and God responded. Part of that response And in preparation for the exodus, God brought ten plagues upon the land of Egypt. I will draw your attention to the last two plagues for my specific purposes this morning. The ninth plague was darkness, which the scriptures describe as darkness so intense that it could be felt. I don't know that any of us have ever experienced darkness that intense. But it is interesting to note that while Egypt was engulfed in darkness, there was light in the dwellings of Israel. There is darkness in the world today. But in contrast to the darkness, where is the light? For the answer, let us look at. Isaiah 60, 1 and 2, which says, Arise, shine, 
for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Just as there was a light in Goshen in Israel's day, so there is light today wherever God's people dwell. And the light that shines even brighter is the light of Christ shining through them. Yes, these are dark days when people throughout the world are looking for a glimmer of hope, a light at the end of a very dark tunnel. That hope, that light, is Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John eight twelve. God does not want his people to grope in darkness, but rather to, to possess and reflect the light of Christ in their lives. 1 Peter 1.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, or a people belonging exclusively to God, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The tenth and last plague was that the firstborn of all the Egyptian families and of the animals would die when the Lord passed through the land. However, the families of Israel were instructed to slay a lamb and sprinkle the blood on the doorposts and the lintel of their houses. And the Lord would see the blood and pass over, and none of the firstborn would be touched. This sacrifice was a lamb for a household. This, of course, points to the ultimate sacrifice of the sinless Son of God, who shed his own blood on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the entire world. Where is our protection today? For the redeemed, who have the blood of Christ sprinkled on the doorposts and lintel of their hearts. They have the protection and covering of the blood of Christ through the salvation that he so liberally offers to the whosoever will. So we don't have to walk in darkness when we have Christ as our light. And we don't need to fear when we have his protection and covering over us.
Before I conclude, I would like to remind the church that a time of prayer and fasting has been called beginning tomorrow, April the 20th, until and including Friday, April the 24th. I will take this opportunity to quote a couple of passages from the letter that was sent out to all the churches by, by Global Mail on April the 7th. And now I am quoting. How comforting to read the account of Noah, which relates how God prepared his people before his judgment fell. He instructed Noah to build an ark of safety for his family and anyone else who chose to enter this place of refuge before the floodwaters covered the earth. The judgments of God always serve his divine purposes. Isaiah 26, 9 says, For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. His judgments are not vindictive, but rather designed for the purposes of bringing people to righteousness and to a knowledge of God. The ark of safety today is the salvation that Jesus purchased on the cross of Calvary. His blood was shed for the remission of our sins and for the healing of our bodies. And he is our protective covering today. What a selfless sacrifice. What a glorious redemption. The church, being constructed in this very hour, is comprised of living stones, a temple not made with human hands. 1 Peter 2.5 says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let us fervently seek the Lord together with our faithful intercessors during these stressful times. Let me quote, or the, the uh, article quoted the scripture, Second Chronicles 7, 14 and 15, which is very well known to all of you, I'm sure. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that is, will seek forgiveness, then will I hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. That is the end of the quote. The Lord is the strength of his people, as we read in Psalm 125, 1 and 2. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, 
So the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you in the secret place of the Most High, abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.